welcome to back to the podcast. I'm very happy to have this guest on today. I just recently discovered you, Maj. Uh, which is crazy because I like Michael Malice, and I and I went back and listened to like your interviews you've done with him, like the interview you did with him, and watched a bunch of videos. But because I just started following Hotep Jesus, and you guys have that event uh, this weekend, so I was like, uh, and I got to watch your guys' Instagram live chats, and I was like, oh man, I really I dig this dude. Like I see similar like. See, I we have a similar worldview, that's for sure. Right. And right. and then uh, so you're of Black Guns Matter, and uh, and I think that so what you do because I want to actually talk to you about restaurants and movies because I'm sure you get tired of talking about guns all the time. Yeah, so and I, and I don't really know shit about guns. I'll be honest, like all my friends do. Like I have like my I've never owned a gun, and like I do need to get trained. But the biggest reason why I don't carry it is because it's like man, I'm not trained, so it wouldn't be safe. Like it would be, would not be safe for me. But uh, anyway, so how did you kind of get started with Black Guns Matter? And and then just for listeners that aren't familiar with you, what what do you guys do? Um, Black Guns Matter, we're a firearm safety and training organization. We go to where there's high levels of ignorance, there's high levels of violence, there's high levels of gun control. Usually those things go hand in hand. So what we do is we crowdsource and give away we do free classes where we deal with conflict resolution, de-escalation, uh, political education, and you know, basic understanding about the Second Amendment and the human right to self-defense. We go to the areas we mostly in urban areas, you know, Chicago, Detroit, New Orleans, Compton, you know, uh, Philly, uh, uh, Miami, you know, little small towns, you know, stuff like that. But we go to these places to to show that you know, urban America has been left out of that conversation on purpose. And we like, look, we're going to link up with instructors. We're going to link up with lawyers. We're going to link up with, you know, healers. We're going to link up with community activists. We're going to link up with politicians that are in alignment with, you know, our freedoms. And we're just going to get it popping. We're going to create a space where everybody understands that the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, that's ours. You know what I mean? And we're going to implement that. And we're going to influence policies and politics based on People having, you know, 40 or 50 million Americans, and I'm talking about urban America. You got New York City's 8.5 million people at any given moment. I'm saying we ain't even get out of the, you know, the tri-state area as far as New, New York and New Jersey is concerned. But, uh, you know, we're talking about 50, 40, 50 million Americans that need to vote in a different direction, need to vote with their dollars in a different direction. So the best way to do that first is to inform that demographic that has been deliberately kept out of the conversation, you know what I mean? When you remove Absolutely. civics from the school, you know what I mean, and, and and make those young people feel like there's no attachment to, you know, uh, to civics, to the Constitution, to, and how that benefits them, then they don't feel, they don't know it. So we, you know, and like I say in the Bible, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So to me, it's like, I want people to live, so I'm gonna give them knowledge, and to do it all, you know, not free per se, but, uh, to do it in a manner where uh, it's no, it's no, it's no cost to entry to start this process. Somebody else paid it forward for you, you know. And that's, so that's that's a little bit of um, it's 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 a, it's a, it's a bit of more. It's a respect for the individual, and it's a respect for the collective. So when people decide choose to be charitable and say, "Yo, I'm gonna donate a hundred dollars to our GoFundMe," right, to make sure that some people in the city that I might not even meet are going to learn or be put on the path to freedom, put on the path to information about the Second Amendment, put on a path to safe and responsible firearms ownership. That's the, that's that's working together in a democratic way, you know, to, to protect and preserve the republic. So it's always a balance between the individual rights and serving the collective, you know, and so that's, that's what we do at Black Guns Matter. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, uh, so I was telling you a bit in the email, so I'm an urban farmer and I bought a house and like Columbus. So overall, Columbus is one of the nicest cities. It's just why I live here. Like we do have some rougher areas. There's still some, you know, gang violence, stuff like that, or pretty much stuff because of the drug war. Um, there was actually a shooting in my neighborhood like a couple weeks ago. It was actually two houses down from my buddies and just guys just started shooting in the street. Six minutes later, the cops show up. Uh, 14 minutes after that, the ambulance showed up. And then an hour afterward, a helicopter came. And it's like, I think would would people say, you know, let's just keep guns in the hands of the bad guy or 
out of the hands of the bad guys. We'll just put it up to the police. It's like the police don't have to protect you. And there, and it, there's actually court cases where they legally don't have to protect you. Like when the, the Parkland shooting took place and people were like, well, the cop didn't go in. It's like, well, because he doesn't have to, unfortunately. And I, and I think that that's, it's something that people really, it, it's, it's an interesting conversation to have with people. And I think that what, what, what I noticed when, when I hear you talk, and uh, I really enjoyed the uh, Viceland gun debate that you did, um, mm. because it, it was, I felt like you were, the things you were saying were actually resonating with people. And it's like, mm-hmm. and, and I think that it's, it's awesome. I think that uh, it's, it's, it's something else I've heard you say, which is good, is like, you know, the NRA should champion people like Harriet Tubman and stuff like that. There's really not a lot of, I mean, and I think for, I think it's for a reason too. Like they, they don't, it, it seems like for, for some reason people are afraid to get behind like a, a black urban uh, inner city person that that says, Hey, I want to have freedoms. I want to have rights. I want to be responsible. It just, it, in it, to me, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm Scots Irish. And like, so my family like came up from Kentucky and we were like the reading route and route 23. I don't know if you're familiar with that Dwight Yoakam song, but basically it was a bunch of people that kind of left the Hills that, you know, were, I mean, my grandfather worked for my great grandfather worked for the coal mine and like worked on vouchers and stuff. So when we came up here, like most of Ohio is like mixed of like kind of like Scots, Irish and uh, black people in the inner cities. And it's like, nobody cares about these people. Like people come down our streets and they just dump trash in our alleys and stuff like that. And it's, it's just, people are just so unaware of what goes on in the, in, in the urban environments. And they just don't, they don't even like they, when they when they when they want to move downtown or hang out in the city, it's where there's a bunch of condos and stuff like that. And it's like, uh, so I, I think for me personally, like being an urban farmer and like kind of like t- taking an area that's a blight to many people, where people are actually like afraid to come. A lot of my friends actually carry, make sure they carry when they come to my house. But I don't think my neighborhood's that bad. But it's like you know, there's little things that we can all do to come into the city and like and make a difference. And I think you know teaching people how to grow food or teaching people how to like use guns. I think it's, it's awesome, man. I'd like to hopefully sometime figure out a way to get you out to Columbus to do like a, a workshop. Hell yeah. I'm down for that because that's the area where I'm lacking, especially in, as a city dude, you know, I have friends and family that's Southern, you know, but I see absolutely no reason why on my roof and even in, you know, in the hood in the middle of North Philly, why can't I get buckets and grow food on my roof? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Even if it's just something light, okay, I don't know, potatoes, broccoli, carrots, I don't know, something, you know, um, and that's thinking outside of the box. So, you know, I, I saw, I saw, uh, uh, like, a, uh, I think it was an Instagram meme and it said, like, it was a picture of, like, lawns. And it was, like, most houses have lawns that look like this, and it's, like, a manicured lawn. But with all of that space, why wouldn't you just grow food? No, I you know? Exactly. That's kind of the whole project here. And one thing that I noticed too, with like growing food in like an urban neighborhood is people don't dump trash, um, near my property, like just from keeping the alley clean, people don't steal from me. Actually, one person stole a package and my farm manager chased him down in the truck and got the package back. Um, but it was like, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's not just that. I mean, it's, it's a re- it gives you a reason to be outside, too, and talk to your neighbors and get to know your neighbors. And I think that's, uh, that's something that I'm, I, I think we're just kind of missing out on, man. And I think it's like people don't want to have real human connections anymore. And I think they'd rather just hide in their rooms or hide in their homes. And it's like, man, just get outside. It's not a bad thing. Garden. Or- they do, they do want to have human connections. They are constantly bombarded with reasons why they shouldn't. They're told, they're tricked, and manipulated and believing. It's not, it's not, listen, if I ask the 100 people, you know, what's your favorite song about Fresh Prince? They're going to say Summertime. The reason why they're probably going to say Summertime outside of the Fresh Prince theme song, they'll say Summertime because it gives them a feeling of being outside and what that feels like. People enjoy in good weather being outside, even if they got their phone with them. You know what I'm saying? Still with that being the case. They still would, you know, love to be outside. People enjoy that, but mass media and certain sections of mass media has told people that, no, I'm going to stop saying mass media. It's not mass media. It's minority media. It's a small section of media that has attempted to convince 
everyone that they're one the majority and two that this is the world view and it's not the case i've had the privilege of being on one side of the country at one part of the morning and a whole other side of the country in a different time in the afternoon seeing the differences in how stories are presented seeing the different pull quotes for the same story it is clear to me that the small minority of people or certain sections of media are attempting to try to make it look like you know, you don't want to be outside. You don't want to do this. And everywhere I go, people are like, yo, man, I can't wait for the weather to break to be outside. I can't wait to have a cookout. I can't wait to, you know, go to the club. I can't wait to get out of work so I could be outside. I'm tired of being cooped up in the house. And we've just found other things to do in the meantime, especially in the winter when it's cold. But there's there's commonalities that are still there. We just have more uh, distractions and people attempting to consistently distract us. You know what I'm saying? So when I go, when I go to, when I, I got solutionaries as white, Spanish, Asian, black, you know, Sikh, it doesn't matter. You know, Native American, all of this stuff. The commonality is the, the want for a better life. The commonality is wanting to take care of your children. The commonality is wanting to pretend, excuse me, protect if, and, and defend if anybody would try to do harm to those things. There's so many commonalities. We're alike in a lot of ways. The beauty of knowing that is where when we find somewhere that we different, we can we differ, we can understand the difference and go, yo, that's how my man from, you know, New Zealand do it. That's how my man from Austria do it. You know what I'm saying? But we still have certain common core values. I think and I think I know based on the last three years of doing this work across the country. I don't even know how many times at this point. I know that we're more alike than we're different. I know it. I don't believe it. I don't think it. I know it. Our job, that's the reason why our classes be having like hundreds of people in them. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's harder to even get fill a class that's free because sometimes people register and they go, well, I, don't, I was late. I don't feel like going. I ain't pay for it. So the reason why people are going to things and sticking to going to things for over three years now that are free is because they still want that knowledge. They still want, you know, when this happens, there will be a white instructor in a mostly black city or a black instructor in a mostly white city. They're still going to get the information. We might have biases that we've been fed, but in our very core of who we are, we have very, very similar outlooks on life. We may lack the bravery to jump out there and try to understand what that person that we think is the other, we think is the they. We may lack the bravery, you know, because of that same, you know, minority media spin, you know, uh, we may lack currently the bravery but once a few people are brave to go, yo, this is what happened. You know what I'm saying? This is what this is what this is where we at. This is what we're doing. When you're honest about that and you have those few brave people that are willing to, you know, lead the charge, everybody else goes, Oh, that's what it is. That's the reason why the work we're doing at Black Guns Matter is resonating. I don't I'm not a gun dude. I'm not an instructor. I'm not a trainer. I'm not none of these things. None of them. I'm none of them. But I got top tier, you know, I have top level assassins in my phone, military, street, whatever. I'm all of these things because I recognize that I'm not, but we all have a commonality. And when people resonate and see that, it re that truth, it resonates. And so, you know, it's, yeah, it's technically it's about, you know, guns, but it's not really, it's about community building and family and structure and education and safety and conflict resolution and educating the people and putting all of that good citizenship into a space we can create political power and financial freedom. That's all it is. Yeah, I like it because it's all about just taking responsibility. I think that's the biggest yep. thing people are afraid to do. And it's, I noticed even in myself, like I didn't really, like now that I own my house, like before I was renting it, and now that I own it, like a total different gear kind of shifted. Like, well, I live here, like I own land here. Like I should probably learn about real estate law. I should probably learn yep. about how I'm liable for things. And I, and I think it's just, you know, People don't, I think people struggle to know that, I mean, a lot of people don't know that you can get better, you, you can go out privately and get better uh, firearms education than what you would get if you're on the police force or the military. Yep. And it, you could get pro better training, you can get everything. And, and I, and I get, it's on my list to do, but it's just, it takes time. And it's like, you know, I'd rather, I don't know, I'm, I, I, my, I don't want to say like, I, I, I don't want to say people should do like this is probably it's for my safety 
I've heard you talk about this. Like it is like a, a silly conversation I have with myself, but my first line of self-defense has always been a smile and a handshake. And mm -hmm. I think, and because I feel like if you just can, I feel like I can talk my way out of 99% of, of, of situations um, or de-escalate them, but still like, you know, for that point, that 1%, like you have to be prepared and you have to be ready. Um, what, so how did you, what made you want to start doing this, uh, Maj? I haven't, I haven't heard you say that yet. So I was curious, like what made you kind of shift? Cause I've heard you say that uh, allegedly you may have not been doing the most positive things. Um, and then, so what kind of made you kind of hit this switch and like, you know, I want to get out there and help people. And I really want to get out there and educate people. Um, I just started seeing the like, it, one is just probability. You know what I mean, you do a certain thing a certain amount of times, you know, there's a potential that you, you increase your chances of you know, it not going the way that you anticipate. Um, that's one. Two, it's like, Oh, my homies is in different parts of the country that's catching these cases. They're not bad dudes. They don't. They missing information. And initially, it started as a like, well, let me help this one dude. Oh, damn, let me help him too. And then they'll go, yo, ask Maj. And then be like, yo, let me help him too. And then you start seeing that happen in all of these cities. I was making music way, way back, and I was out selling my music in Cali and all of these places beforehand. So I had relationships with people. That I was like, I would come back or call and they, you know, they locked up for a gun possession charge. Not like they shot somebody just having a gun. I'm like, damn, he could, you know, he never had a case before that. He, all he had to do was, and it's like, oh, there's, there's, there's an organized phenomenon making sure that people don't have this information. So, all right, let me give it to him. It's no different than I want to sell an alcohol. I want to sell a cigar. And I already have my own firearm and I'm working on trying to get one with Bursa. A handgun. I already got a rifle. My point is, I want something as an answer to the ATF. You know what I'm saying? I want something to present a solution to a problem. You know? And so it's like, all right, well, this is a problem. You know, people are missing information. I can get them the information. Then it would be like, I would talk to trainers that knew the information, and they would be trying to charge people like, like, like lawyers. Like you're trying to charge a motherfucker thirty, you know, three thousand, three hundred dollars for an hour of a conversation. We're talking about the general public. I don't care what race you is. Most of America is not like rich. Yeah. Don't what you say. Most of America. I mean, even the middle class thing is shrinking and has been for some time. Rich get richer, and, you know, middle class turn into poor class, so forth and so on. So it's like, you're talking to somebody like, yeah, we're going to give them. You know, the reason why they had a fish fry to pay for the lawyer and the cases and all and the bail it's because motherfuckers don't got $10,000 generally laying around. I might because I was trapping. But that ain't the general public. They hardworking people that's not selling drugs or selling death. So it's like, all right, cool. Let me make something that I can give them that information and I'm not charging them like even these trainers are. You know what I mean? How can I do it for free? Well, if the concept is noble enough and you create a space for it, then the people will get behind it. And they have. In droves. The reality is, in the last year and a half to two years, we've raised and gave away $170,000. Gave it to the people. The people gave it to us. We paid for things to give it back to other people. What a noble concept. You know what I'm saying? And so, for us, it was like, yo, how can we present this information? But then it's like, all right, we could do it online, but we got to touch the people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, we'll do we'll do some online stuff too. Don't get me wrong, I got social media, but it's like now nah, when when people can feel you, when they know you real. When I, we first did our Compton class two years ago, and it spawned a lot of copycats. There's people going to Compton now we, to do the work that they pretending like they doing, and they not. But nonetheless, we went to Compton. I was out there in the street, like handing out flyers. I do that still. I might do it for our Brooklyn class next week. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Mm -hmm. The people got to touch you, man. Like, I get it. I could play mysterious and play like, you know, I know how to do that. I know how to be mysterious. I know how to like, seem sexy and like manipulate social media. That actually doesn't really help people. That doesn't get more people involved in this fight. When people see I'm at the bar that they go to after they get off of work and I'll be like, yeah, I'm in downtown Cleveland. I'm at this bar across the street from the mall. And people that's on my social media get off of work and come over there and we could chop it up. And I'm telling them, like, listen, I'm just like you. I've just been all over the world. I'm just telling you that 
before I get stupid rich, because it's going to change when I get stupid rich. Before I get stupid rich, please understand that I'm a real person. And I, I, while I'm able to move the way that I'm moving now, I'm telling you the truth based on my life experiences. And if I could do the shit, you could do it. So it's, it's part motivation. It's part education. It's part information. It's part self-defense, you know, and to just show up with a camera when it's just time for my class. Or a lot of these dudes don't even have classes. They're not giving people anything. They're exploiting the stories of people that have went through stuff and making it seem like they're a part of the community. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not wrong. It's just, I just know the difference. And to me, I'm me and they're who they are. And the reason why, you know, we've gotten the following and support that we've gotten is because of that. It's because I'm doing me. I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm not Hollywood at this point. You know, it's, it's not, it's not in me, you know? And so, and seeing that, it shows that, okay, I have a, a, for, I have a knack for talking to people. I can communicate well. I can translate information. My team is, you know, hella like on point. So they keep me on point. So we can do this. So let's go do it. All of that talking about what we got to do. You should have like two conversations like about it, what we got to do. Then start planning, writing it down, and then go execute. All of that like just keep saying what the problem is. It's like a lot of rappers, a lot of conscious rappers rap what the problem is. The system is fucked up. It's da 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 blah, 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 blah. That doesn't solve anything. You're just repeating the same thing. Yeah, I think there, there, people have to have a shift of instead of complaining about what they're against, just start being what they're about. Right. Um, and that's back what you hate. Promote what you love. Yeah, I think for me, that's what made me want to start farming because I just, you know, bitch about government or I'd bitch about whatever. And I didn't have a lot of positive things to say. And it's like, man, like, wouldn't it just be better if my life could be the counter thing of what I was against? And so that's what I just became obsessed with. And that's what led me to, you know, buying a house in a distressed neighborhood and just farming. And then now I can make, I have a good business and I make a living and, and I don't have a website. I don't have any of that stuff because again, just like what you said, it's all about building real relationships with people. That's what changes lives. That's what makes a difference is putting the time in with people and like letting them know, Hey, I'm, I'm a real person. I care about you. So yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's awesome. I think that, um, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff I see just every day, like just, um, you know, doing little things around, like, uh, whether it be, I mean, it sounds silly, but whether it be, you know, catching stray animals and getting them fixed and trying to find them homes. I mean, you, you can't just leave it to the pound. Like I, I, I got too much compassion, man. I can't just, if an animal's friendly, man, like I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want the thought of, well, cause I don't want to deal with this this animal could lose its life because it's not convenient for us or society. So it's like, so my buddy and I were trying to, I mean, I'm just trying to think, so what, what I have to do now, like try to start an animal shelter or something like, or figure out somebody that would want to start an animal shelter. And so it's, it's for me, like I, I, I I vibe with that because it's all about, you know, solution centered. Like if you're not going to be a part of the solution, then then quit, quit bitching about it. Right. It doesn't make sense. You just, you just saying stuff. It's like social media. Social media is beautiful, but it's also dangerous because the way that the human mind works, the human mind can't tell when you're imagining a thing and when you're doing a thing. So when you go to sleep or when you visualize a thing, the same like electrical synapses and neurons that are firing together when you're thinking the thing, same ones fire when you're doing the thing. Social media makes you talk about a thing and you feel like you did a thing, but you didn't do a thing. You didn't do anything, but your mind kind of like tricked you. So that's the trick of social media. You'll talk about it. You'll express it. You'll get off social media. You'll say it to your partner. Yeah, man, because blah, 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 blah. And you still haven't done the thing in real time. You know what I'm saying? And that's just what it is. And so to me, it was like, all right, we're going to do the social media thing. I know dudes that got way 500,000 more followers than me. Ain't put none of the work in for the community that we have but got way more followers. Some of them they buy, but either way, it's like that shit, like we, we, we shouldn't even be in the same room. If I got on Instagram, I got 20,000 followers, 23 or whatever, right? And you got 600,000 followers. We shouldn't be in the same rooms. If it was based on that, I'm way beneath you. The problem is the work speaks. 
You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. work to to combat the the social media. Well, I got this many followers. So so what? So what? It doesn't matter. Man, I don't care about your followers or your follow. I don't care. The question is, are you using your following to to like change the world for the better? That's what I care about. And the general public, as far as like a lot of people that have those followings, no, they're not. Which is why I'm saying to you, and I understand some of them is because they're it's difficult to be, you know, boots on the ground. And I think money will change that for me. I'll be able to send a gang of emissaries at a certain point. You know what I'm saying? To handle certain things with a very good conditioning with resources. But as far as me, like security now at a certain point for me is becoming the issue. You know what I'm saying? I got people calling venues, telling the person, yo, this is his mom. Uh, you know, I'm trying to see when he goes on stage because he doesn't know that I'm coming and I want to surprise him. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty crazy and creepy all at the same time. Yeah. Who who do you get the most opposition from with your um with with what you do? Clowns. Uh, <laughs> it's it's people that want to do what I'm doing. Haters usually. Yeah. So it's usually people that wanted to extract. No one can say legitimately say they mad at me for something I did to them, like unprompted. People be mad because I didn't do something for them, or I didn't do what they wanted you know, them, they wanted me to do. So the people that I get pushed back from is people that like bid debate from other people that told them, I called a false rape charge years ago, at this point over, I think like 10 years ago. And so they pulled that out. I'm talking about gun community guys, because I didn't want to do another class with them in Atlanta. I'm saying, or people that bought that falsehood and ran with it because we never see him shoot on camera and you won't, you won't until I put out my pistol. And then you'll see me shoot on camera. That's smart. I'm saying until then, in the beginning for the first, now we cement it. We in the minds of the masses. So, but in the beginning, if we would have led with guns, they would have dismissed us. Matt, we get positive spin on CNN as a, as a gun organization. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. the irony is, you know, organizations like the NRA, they should have been got on board and supported us. Clearly be doing what you can, but they haven't. So then we get, they attempt to try to ignore if they can't exploit and usurp, or they try to steal little things here and there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So really it's the, the idiots and clowns that are mad that I'm just being myself and they should link up and try to work together. That's actually who we get the most pushback from. The anti-gun side don't have an answer for us. No. Because one, keep going. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, just, it was fascinating to watch that debate with, uh, with Viceland because- they just didn't know. It's like anti-gun people don't know what to do with you because they're, and it's like you. I feel like you supersede their their pecking order. And it's like if if it was a white guy saying it, I sometimes feel like it would be like they would try to do like an ad hominem attack or something. Yeah, um, you're a white dude. You got white supremacy. You don't know what it's like to live in urban America. You can't use any of those arguments with us. Yeah, so they just don't know what to do. So they just listen to the information. And, and all you say, and, and also too, I love that you're like, look, that's not my business. You know, I, I I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do, nor should you tell me. And, and I'm hundred percent on the same page. Right. It's like, yo, I, I, I believe in a non-aggression principle. I'll fuck you up if you try to violate my non-aggression principle. Absolutely. However, generally I'm like, yo, that's cool. Do your thing. If you want to like fucking like burn sage and like, have wine, and while you do your interviews, cool, do it. I'm not tripping off that. You know what I'm saying? But when you come telling me I can't burn stage and have wine while I'm doing my interviews, then we got a problem. I don't got nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. I just was about to do a deal with this company, right? Mm-hmm. They're a t-shirt manufacturer. I'm not going to say their name because they handled the business really like wrong. Or they don't know enough about the business, but that's not how they presented it to me. But anyway, they were trying to, because I, I want a fulfillment center. I want somebody that I can send them the designs, they handle it. They just cut me a check at the end of the month because I got backed up on after I after our building caught on fire a year or so ago. I got really backed up on hoodie orders, and I, I it just like one morning I woke up, I had four hundred orders, and I was making no shirts. We were making no shirts, so it was like boom. We finally came out of the muck and mire of that, and uh, you know, in that process, uh, I I just was like looking at it like you know. 
you, I need, I need, a, I need a fulfillment center. This guy, you know, presented as if he could do everything. Now I get t-shirts and hoodies at like I, I know where to go get them like at a, at a good price. I'm not paying anywhere near retail because I have to pay people. I have to do stuff. So this guy wanted to like charge me twenty two dollars for a t-shirt, all in for a shirt that we sell for thirty dollars. So in essence, you'd be making twenty two dollars and I'd be making eight dollars yeah. over my own designs. And it's like. It's like, listen, man, you can't, you can't bullshit me because I know the prices. And it's the same thing with, with the anti-gun community or the gun community. You can't bullshit me because I know the prices. I know the facts. I know the stats. And, you know, when the pushback comes, it's usually, or when someone's trying to get over, it's usually somebody in the gun community. The anti-gun community goes, we don't know what the fuck this dude is and what they're doing, but let's just try to ignore them. The gun community guys on the whole, we eat our own type of silly shit, leading with your egos, which is some truth to the whole you are insecure dude, if gun dudes. Because yeah. if you're insecure, I'm not a trainer. I'm not an instructor. I'm not none of that. Why are you threatened or intimidated by me? Because I'm getting rock star treatment? Because of the fact that I'm just being myself? Because I'm saying, hey, the trainers that I bring to our classes are local to the cities that we're in. And they know more about me, that more about guns than me and training than me. What is the, I never pretended to be some shit I'm not. And people are resonating with that. Cool. Now what we're going to start seeing is we're going to start seeing conservatives attempting to be more urban and cool. Y'all been corny since forever. Because y'all was trying to secure the Fox News bag. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Now you're going to see Second Amendment organization people trying to look more urban Trying to now you want to reach out to urban radio. You wasn't doing that. You was only on that Breitbart wave. And I'm not I'm not saying people can't evolve, but god damn, like at a certain point, pay homage to the people like I do. Yeah. I say Argo J. I say Ken Blanchard. I say, you know, the people I say Hickok. Hickok 45 videos literally saved my life. Me and my homies were supposed to go rob somebody one night. And I said, man, I had came in the house early and I was chilling, started watching Hickok videos. And my man was like, yo, y'all, you ready? I'm like, nah, I'm chilling. Let's get them tomorrow. Like, it was Friday. I was going to get them on Saturday. It was like, nah, I need the bread. They went to go do it. One of my friends got killed. Two of them got locked up. Man. So I, I, would, I would, like, be remiss to pretend like I'm not acknowledging that Hickok saved my life. So that's the reason why I'm one of the only Second Amendment activists or advocates that have been on the compound. That's the reason why. Because they know I'm not trying to be some shit I'm not. Yeah. You know, and so when you the, the, that was the roundabout way of answering the question, the reason why I, I say I get the most pushback from the gun community is because the gun community soft and real like a lot of dudes in there is real emotional and frail. A lot of dudes in the entertainment industry that's trying to now creep into the, the uh, gun community is real frail and emotional. You know what I'm saying and they not they not they don't have genuine intentions. Their intention is to try to figure out how they could milk it without actually helping it. Yeah. And you got to be used by this community. You got to you got to you got to sacrifice. Again, I raised one hundred and seventy thousand dollars and gave it away at a certain point in the very near future. I'm probably going to be a millionaire. Everybody can see my trajectory. It's duh, like duh. Right. At the, at the same time, it's like, yo, but I, I know that I paved my, my my we paved this foundation by giving. Yeah. Cheesy as that sounds. Like I said, I'm I'm, I'm burning Nog Chomp. I'm, I got this sage popping right now. As cheesy as it sounds, I'm in the spiritual shit, man. I truly believe why I never caught a real case, why I never went to jail, why I'm still alive, is even when I was doing wrong outside, I always was giving. I always was looking out. When I was robbing people, I was robbing trappers. I wasn't robbing little old ladies. I'm not doing it. I never pulled my gun on a citizen. Never. So my point is... There are some spiritual practices that a lot of these dudes don't understand that that's my life purpose. That's my journey. They want something, but yo, what's for me is for me and what's for you is for you. So that's why we get the pushback in that room. But as far as like the anti-gun room, they don't even know how to, they like, yo, let him, we, cause, cause then if you push back, you look like the racist. That's right. So it was like, they like, yo, leave him alone. Just as hope he don't get huge. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like the other guys that, you know, Oprah said a long time ago, you can't be friends with somebody that wants your life. And I feel like a lot of them dudes, they want my life as opposed to me trying to highlight them. 
I don't want their life. I don't want the certs. I don't, if you've got NRA or USCCA certs, you say the wrong thing, they can snatch your certs. I don't want certs. Doesn't, it doesn't have, I'm a free radical, you know? So that's been my power. And, and, you know, I, I went, I went on a tangent, but you get it. No, <laughs> no, it was good. I, I, I do still want to talk to you about, uh, movies and, uh, food here, but I had another question. Cause my, uh, so my, my, um, farm managers and NRA, you know, line instructor, like he, he used to be a, a firearms instructor and certify people that now we just kind of farm. And because he's really into plants too, but something that he always talks about is like he'll talk about this because Rogan, you know, will smoke weed a lot on his show, um, where you were accused of being a Russian bot, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was good. I mean, at least they acknowledged it. And it's like, hey, maybe Rogan should get you on. So, uh, but anyways, uh, something that I thought was interesting that that Rich points out a lot is you know rogan smokes a lot of weed and he's doing it and then he talks about going out hunting and shooting like you're kind of people don't always realize that you can't really be in the spotlight for both freedoms because like you're automatically not allowed to own a firearm if you smoke weed so it's it, or yeah. use cannabis which is ridiculous right so i wanted to hear your thoughts on that and what um i guess kind of what you how would you advise people to kind of navigate that I would, I would advise people to stop highlighting any politician that's not pushing for the decriminalization of marijuana federally. Uh, I would not, I would advise people to own their truth, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and expose the contradiction to the maximum degree. How are you telling Americans what, so, okay, so let's, let me get this straight. Cigarettes are lawful and I'm not attacking tobacco because I smoke cigars. Cigarettes and cigars are lawful. They kill hundreds of thousands as a smoker, as a cigar smoker. That is cancer. I'm very aware of it. It's not like, let's not, it's like pretend. Hundreds of thousands of people die from lung cancer, emphysema, all other type of cigar, tobacco related shit every year. Every year. You can't tell me those same levels or anywhere near the levels of death in regards to cannabis. So this one's unlawful. But this one's cool, right? Liquor. I drink a lot. <laughs> Liquor. Okay, it's lawful. You purchase it, you know. And people say, "Well, we don't want people to smoke marijuana and have their gun." It's the same thing with your firearm. You don't want. I don't want you to get drunk and carry and shoot. Duh. It's a, it's, a, it's just a responsibility thing. So at, at a certain point, when are we going to stop telling Americans what freedoms they have to choose from, as opposed to them saying, "Yo." I can do whatever I want as long as it's not affecting someone else's personal property or their physical well-being. Yeah, it's something that uh, you just tweeted out, too, that uh, really, man, business-wise, like, I use Costco a lot, and I had no... And now, is it... Now, I did have some questions about Costco being anti-gun. Like, is it, is it just in certain states or what? So, so it's a weird thing because some of those places on that list, I think it was like 56 places... Some of those are franchise owned. So it goes franchise to franchise, right? Yeah. Some of those are state to state. So it's like so a lot of those have those companies have put out statements on their actual official website saying, in essence, yo, don't bring no fucking guns through here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We support that. Um, Starbucks is one that comes to mind. I don't, I never go to Starbucks. Their coffee's trash. I go to Dunkin' Donuts. Now, if Dunkin' Donuts says, yeah, we, nah. You know what I'm saying? Then it'll be all right. Nah, with Dunkin' Donuts too. Yeah. You know, and so it's really we got to start voting. The opposition has made right, right, exactly. The opposition has made our uh, enslavement very comfortable. So you got to get uncomfortable and find. Okay, I can't go there. I can't go there. I can't go there. Where are the places that I can go and give all of my money to, and then organize a thing around that and strengthen that company? And help that company. No different than me saying, okay, these are the organizations and companies that we as Black Guns Matter are in alignment with that have supported our work. Head down arms. That's who makes our solutionary rifle. Bursa. That's who, you know, we've worked with and got behind our work very early on. Walk to Talk America. That's who we're working with and helping the gun community deal with the mental health issue and present solutions. 
You know what I'm saying? There, uh, uh, Pete Brownell gave us $5,000 and then another $1,000 randomly like a couple of months ago. My point is there are ways that we have to highlight and support the businesses that are supporting our freedoms. Don't just get complacent and comfortable because Starbucks is on the corner of your block. No, you don't go to Starbucks. I have Levi jeans that I wear around the house, but I'm never buying another pair of Levi jeans until their policies change. They're like the elected officials and you vote with your dollar. So if you if you just go into these places and they have the no gun zone sign up and you carry and concealed and you go in, and I know your ego makes you feel good to be able to say, yeah, I carried in there anyway. But that doesn't matter because your silent protest, you still gave them the money. Yeah. So, you know, I love the new Whole Foods. I just did an Instagram live about this a few nights ago. I love the new Whole Foods in Philadelphia. I love it. It's a bar. It's I get I used to get a lot of incense from there. Love it. Cooked food, you know, lounge area. I fucking love it. Don't go there anymore. They're anti-gun. We have to make decisions. We have to make choices that are in alignment with our freedoms. Or you're just saying shit on the internet to stroke your own ego. And again, it's back to that social media thing. Your mind doesn't know the difference. You think you did something. You ain't do shit. Yeah, one thing that uh, sticks out in mind for me was when the when Josh Gordon kept getting suspended for marijuana usage, which is good for, um, you know, which is good for CTE and everything else like that. And then uh, old boy punches out his girlfriend. Uh, they only suspended him for two games, and then they and then they kind of went overboard with him once the video got released. And it was just like, man, I'm done with this stupid shit. It's boring anyways. There's plenty of good yeah. things. There's better things to do on my Sunday. And then right. and then and that's actually when I started getting into farming and stuff like that. So something productive. That's right. And so and you know the one thing on the list that hurt the most for me, man. And this is how we can segue. Man, all the damn movie theaters. Like, I love AMC. I love their yep. their comfortable seats. I love uh, the only. There's only like one theater that has like nice seats that I didn't see on that list, and I think it's because it's a smaller theater out of Wisconsin, which is Marcus. But Regal, Cinemark, AMC. There, we have all those theaters here, and it sucks. I'm gonna have to. My buddy and I, we go see movies all the time, um, even though most of them are, are terrible. But uh, you know, man, it just it just kind of it just sucks. Like, what's the because there's one shooting, we're gonna ban guns in all the theaters. Like, it wouldn't have stopped the kid from being crazy. Here's the twist, though: if the, if if more of those people knew that those were gun friendly zones, right? If they knew that they were gun friendly zones. So take Aurora, Colorado. That weirdo, right? Yeah. He drove past six other movie theaters. To find the one more populated, the other six were more populated. They were closer to where he was coming from. He skipped past those because he knew those were not gun-free zones. He mm-hmm. went to the one that was a gun-free zone. Joe Biden's talking about running for president. Joe Biden, you created the concept of gun-free zones. That was his bill in 1990. When the Clinton crime bills got pushed through, Joe Biden's thing got pushed up in there. Since 1991, when that was a thing, over 90% of mass shootings have been in those same gun-free zones. Joe Biden is responsible for all of those deaths by creating that bill. Yeah, Joe Biden's a creep, too. Joe oh. Biden is a creep. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen him. The... Hell there's some yeah. Funny, yeah. There's some funny... Like, it's funny to see, but it's like, it's it's only funny because nobody's talking about it yet. And I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that he runs so he can have his day in the public opinion. Not that I'm really a fan... What's that? He'll be in a complete spotlight. Oh yeah, that will be. It will be. It will be nice. It's some. It's kind of weird. I, I have these. Uh, I I kind of enjoy watching some of these people get humiliated, but then at the same time, it's like, it's not really a good thing. Like we don't need to have a court in public opinion. And I right. think, and that's something I heard Hotep Jesus say. Like right now, there's people are getting tried in public opinion first, and then they'll throw charges on them to see if they get sick and just lock them up. Right. Um, so what movies, so you like going to the movies, we can transition a little bit. What movies do you typically like to go see, man? Like what's your, I like, I like a lot of them, like infinity joints. I like Marvel joints. I like, I like all of the fucking Batmans with Christian Bale in them. Yeah. I think I like watching action movies and comedies. 
drama's not so much. The drama got to be really, really good because my bar for drama is like uh, the color purple, which was like the perfect movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dramas is like, you know, I like Fight Club. I like I like layered movies. Um, I'm really interested in going to see. I'm going to go see it this week. Uh, Us. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. The new Jordan Peele joint. Yeah. I'm interested in that. Me too. It um, looks it looks pretty creepy. I'm yeah, interested to see what yeah. it's going to be. I do, and I and I, I I banged with him after he knocked it out the park with uh uh get out. get out. Yeah, that was that was amazing. I've seen Get Out like five times in the theater. I liked it a lot, man. I didn't. The one thing I had, um, I guess, the twist at the ending. I thought, I thought that it could have been done a little bit differently. I, I had a better idea. There was some. I I didn't like that they were tr- moving their consciousness into them. I thought that was kind of. I mean, it was creative. I don't know why I didn't like that. There was something because I I liked a lot of aspects of it, but there was there was some part of it that I was just like. I kind of, I felt like he kind of, I mean, but it was his first time writing a movie. He, he did, he did like what a Spike Lee used to do at the end of the movies. Yeah. Earlier on, he they went like kind of like nebulous or like, you know, like ethereal. It, it wasn't like a they were trying to sell black people back in this. It wasn't a tangible thing. It was more of a like a, you know, and I guess that's why he he this next movie he went into more like thriller, sci-fi type weird. You know what I mean? Well, I guess his contract, from my understanding, they want him to just write make horror movies in his contract, which is kind of for me, like as like a fan of filmmakers, like I, I kind of feel like you know don't don't try to put him in a box now. Like he's a funny dude. Like let's see what else he could write. But we'll see. I mean, he's I'm excited for it, man. Um, what did you think of? Do you feel like the Marvel movies are starting to fall off? Um, I think once Disney puts their hands on things. You know, they got to churn them out, you know, and and if, if they can sustain taking their time, like, for example, Iron Man 3 was trash to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They tried a different, like, camera. It made it look like, like, soap operas visually. It just didn't, you know, it didn't, it didn't hit for me. Um, if they can take their time with the resources behind it, then I think the Marvel movies stand. Yeah. When they start going, let's churn them out every year, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Agreed. And I think it's like they're relying too much on CGI, too. It's like, yeah. I get it, but like, uh, that was like my biggest beef, like with, with Black Panther was like, yeah. why is everyone flying everywhere constantly? Like, it was, yeah. it's like, come on, like, it was, to me, it was kind of disappointing. And then, of course, I was attacked for criticizing it on Facebook. Black, Black Panther, I got with more so than the drama as far as the storyline. Yeah. Was- important to me than the actual movie itself like reflecting in what the movie was saying was kind of like you know was cool to me more so if i if i just went on it as a movie as itself it wasn't that strong of a movie but when you personalize it and look at the storyline yeah and say you know you got the cousins that are beefing and you know and they, they, they like there's certain people of, of of when you know that stan lee made you know, uh, 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 you know, Doctor uh, Professor X uh, after Doctor King, and Magneto was patterned after Malcolm X. When you know that he was talking about a time during a time when those things happened, I can see similarities in the current question of you know African American men. It's like, yo, um, what what is what's actually going on here, like? You know, are we are, should we be vengeful for the lies that we've been told as African-Americans or should we have an understanding of who we are and kind of isolate and build? Then you have the conversation about national security. You have the conversation about Wakanda is conservative. You know, all these different things to me, when I made the drama of the movie match the real time scenarios that were being told, you know, or that are playing out in America, that's what made the movie fly to me, not the fight scene. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the yeah, I was disapp- yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I think it could have been done. There is some inconsistencies too. Like I thought it was weird that uh it was just there were some lazy things in it like the younger Forrest Whitaker was like a a foot shorter. Yeah. Uh the Wakanda, okay, the original Black Panther and Forrest Whitaker like I'm not trying to hate on the actors, but they both they both kind of have like funky eyes and then the younger actors didn't and I was like 
let's just try to get some consistency, Disney. Like you have a bunch of money. Like, come on. Like, let's. I don't know. I get. I get. Because kind of- because to them it's yo get it out, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it's like yo, like right now they need to take two more, maybe three years before we even hear anything about another Avengers. They need to take their time. I wouldn't be mad if it's five years yeah. because they got it right. Because everybody, they're they going, listen, we did a billion easy. We can get some half a billion off the first one and return sales if we shoot up the second one. But you'll fuck it up. Because now you got to explain so much. How, how, how are you even going to get all of the half of the people to cast of the planet that was snapped into oblivion? You have to handle that properly. It cannot be some fake magic like, oh, he found Thor found the hammer and he his dad meditated and brought it all back. Like it can't be something snap easy. It has to be layered. So those movies, if they take their time, write everything out so it's not so many loopholes. If they leave a little bit of you know uh, 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 some 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 quality Easter eggs, if they do those things, then the movies can are consistent. But if they rush. As most industries do, just to get the numbers on the board, the money, you'll you'll actually lose in the long run. So I think that's the 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 the, the differential between whether those Marvel movies exist because I love them if they exist or they go you know like the ver- the the route of you know disco music. Yeah, I just saw Captain Marvel. It, it was it wasn't bad. There was just like certain scenes. It's like they just. It's like okay, that was clearly taken from Willow. Like, there's a scene yeah. where she kicks someone and yells, and like that's Mad Mardigan kicking the troll. Like, it was like, uh, like let's just be like be creative. Like, right. like spend. I don't know. It, it's not about CGI. Like, tell a story. Like, come on. Right. Like, it, and I I agree with you. I think it's most movies. Like, that's the issue with most movies. It's like uh, so, certain action movies. I like that they're making more '90s styles. Like uh, the Meg, that Jason Statham movie that came out, like that was so over the top, but it felt like a '90s movie. And I guess they originally wanted to make it after Jurassic Park, but they just shelved it for that many years. So, um, so when you go, okay, so let's shift gears again. So, because I am a a farmer and I sell to a bunch of restaurants, so you like to go out to eat too. Yeah, um, I just came from um, I just came from Jones's in uh, Philly. I just had this um. It's amazing. They call it a um, a th- uh, Thanksgiving dinner. It was turkey, mashed potatoes, carrots, gravy. This was my lunch, and that's why when you hit me, you was like, I was like, oh, let me get to the crib. <laughs> I was like grubbing heavy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Yeah. What? So traveling? Who? What cities have had the best food? Not to put you on blast, but New uh, Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, New, New Orleans. Orleans. Is good. New Orleans. I ate at. The Red Ruby Slipper. There's two of them. There's one downtown, but there's one like in the like in the thick of it. That's like packed all of the time. It's over there in the French Quarter. Red Ruby Slipper. That was the best meal. So it's a toss up. It's a toss up between the Red Ruby Slipper in New Orleans and uh, this. I don't even know the name of this place, but they had cigars. When we was in Miami, we just found this place, and they had this. This chicken and this this arroz con pollo that was just so fucking good. It was like seasoned so well. And I had a, a Davidoff cigar and a glass of wine. And the, the weather was so beautiful out. And we were eating outside. And it was just wonderful. So it was a toss-up between those two. But the red ruby slipper I had, um, I had like shrimp and grits and scrambled. Oh, man, my fucking God. I'm, I'm about to fly to New Orleans like just to go eat. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It's one of them two. It was one of those two, man. That food was so good. And they, I had, I had mimosas and bloody marys at the Red Ruby Slipper. Man, that's uh, yeah, we got a big. Well, so for the day that I can get this all sorted out and get you out of here, I'll be more than happy to take you some good spots. Um, Columbus, we're. I like to say I'm proud of the fact that we're the number one test city for food. So I yeah. feel like we have some of the best restaurants. Um, but what? So barbecue. Are you a barbecue fan? I am. And to be perfectly honest, the best barbecue that I've had, as cliche as it sounds, um, it's been in, uh, what you call it? Uh, 
North, uh, Texas. Texas. Yeah. Well, there's different styles. Like a lot of people swear on Kansas City, and I've never been a fan because they put that sauce on everything, that molasses-based sauce, and I just think it's too sweet. And I'd rather. I'm a big fan of like rubs, so I like the I like smoked meat with rubs on it. Um, right. Because I want to taste the rub and dip in the sauce, so it's like different styles. So I like. Texas was good. I went to Houston, had like the steak and eggs where they give you like a full T-bone or uh, I don't, it might not have been a T-bone actually, but it was a big ass steak with eggs. Um, I was a fan of that. Uh, what? So one thing too with food that I like to kind of, why I like to talk about food is I feel like it's a big way to, breaking bread is a, is a great way to, to just bond with people and kind of make a difference in your community like sharing having meals and i think you know sharing different cultural meals and everything else like that that i think people miss out on and i think that's that is i think why columbus i think is like a pretty cool laid-back city is just because i mean the number one form of entertainment out here is going out to eat so i think a lot of people come and they just they have a lot of meals together there's lots of different kinds of food and uh i don't really know where i'm going with this right now maj so I, uh, no, I had an I, idea and then I, then I, I lost it. I completely agree with you that the breaking bread part is more about the communion. You know what I'm saying? And it's really about, you know, like, uh, it's, it's like uh, taking a moment to, to, to really converge and listen to each other. So I used to do these, um, I used to do these, like help out with these workshops with, uh, Dr. Laila Africa, who's a guy that wrote this book called African Holistic Health. And he said, he started breaking down things like, you guys ever notice that like right after you eat, you kind of zone out and sometimes you're tired, but before you get tired, depending on what you ate, you kind of like get quiet and you kind of like, you're looking in space and you're zoning out. And he was talking about that they've done studies where they've done Krillian like photography over people's uh, stomach, like as their food is digestion. He said digestion is a spiritual process. You know, it's it's your belly more so sometimes than your brain is what some uh, religious uh, sects have, have believed is actually the center of your thing. With this being the case, that concept of breaking bread and sharing and exchanging, I believe is a very, very spiritual process. It's no different than, you know, if, as African-American people, you know, uh, native to this land as, as well. You know, there were rituals around, you know, that Sunday dinner, you know, soul food, so forth and so on. These are things that are not like, oh, somebody just said it because it sounds cool. These are things that have happened. And, and it's like they, they have some sort of there's a, there's a legitimate like thing to it. And so, yes, the, again, like I said, just said about, uh, you know, the, the meal that we had in Miami. Yeah, the food was good, but we were outside. People yeah. were going past. We were talking to complete strangers. You know, we were sharing ideas. We were, you know, in the sun, you know, which is another form of communion. You know, when you when you're charging your, your, your melanin, charging your vitamin D, you know, all of those things are spiritual things. The vast majority of the things that we do are spiritual if we choose to look at them that way. And so having a good meal, like you said, and, and being with like-minded people, that's why when I go to these... When I go to every hood, I go to a hood bar, I go to hood restaurants, period. I might go to some, you know, some fancy stuff too, no doubt. But I go to hood bars and there's a communion there. And and when I, last time I was in Cleveland the last time, right? Mm-hmm. I was at a bar, again, downtown Cleveland. Um, a fight broke out. And I was like, oh man, this shit gonna turn into a shooting. But I, I felt so comfortable that I was like, nah, this ain't like after the fight happened, the fight was a security guard. And after the fight happened, everybody went back in and finished drinking after the fight. And the reason for that is because there was such a sense of community that, yeah, those guys got into a fight. This didn't even feel like somebody was going to come back with a gun. And nobody did. It's just you those know? two need to work something out. Work it out. And we'll yeah. watch some people the world star it. Yeah, da, da, da. Everybody go back inside. The, the security guard and the guy fighting went back inside. There is something to be said for community, for spirituality, for um, unity, that I think that food, drink, you know, libations, uh, 
these things speak to that those higher ideals. And I think I think going to the movies too, because everybody goes to the movies. Like it's like there's every you go to the movie theater, you see everybody there. Everybody enjoys that escape and that experience. Right, and it's it's like you zoning, you zoning in. You, you you know you're sharing that moment. You're you're living vicariously through that that antagonist and experience and the pains of the protagonist. You're sharing that experience with the person to your left or your right. You're communing, you're eating food. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. All, all of these things, you're in a temple. It's dark. It's one illuminated screen. It's damn near a, a, a altar. You know, and you're and it's a it's a, it's a griot scenario. Someone's telling you stories. It's all very spiritual, like you said. Yeah. And that's why it's important that they start making good movies for Marvel. <laughs> Slow themselves down so we can enjoy right. them. And not Because I want to be positive. I don't want to just shit on their movies. <laughs> right. I, I will. If yeah. you make a trash movie, I'll shit on it, but I would prefer not to. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, hey, Maj, I had a great time talking to you, man. We're, we're at an hour, and I know you're a busy guy. Um, love to have you on in the future, and uh, definitely want to keep in touch with you to try to uh, work, kind of get to get a plan together on how to get you here. But in the meantime, you and Hotep Jesus, I'm going to try to get this out uh, hopefully later today. Um, but you and Hotep Jesus have an event going on this weekend in Brooklyn, or is it next week? It's, it's, it's uh, March the 23rd in Brooklyn. We want everybody to um, you know, come through, get a ticket, so we can support these brothers. It's myself, Hotep Jesus, King Erner, Doe Dubes. Um, these are brothers that are, that, are, that are solid in their lane of you know, what they're talking about, whether it's, you know, from being behind the wall, King Erner, he does a thing called the Honor Your Life campaign where he shows, he spent a lot of time in prison. He's showing young people, you know, how you can avoid those traps. Um, you know, Hotep Jesus got tremendous knowledge of self. He's talking about the financial component as well as, uh, you know, uh, 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 Doe Dubs, who's talking about the financial component as well. So these are brothers that, you know, are going to collaborate because we need to see more of that work together collab energy. Um, but we want everybody, please, man, if you're listening to this, if this comes out today or tomorrow, whenever you're hearing this, you know, please, man, you know, the link is in my bio on Instagram, at Maj Toure, M-A-J-T-O-U-R-E. But please get a ticket. If you're not from New York, if you're not from Brooklyn, and if you want to buy a ticket for someone else and, you know, shoot us an email and say, hey, I bought a ticket. I'm buying it for somebody else. You know, I bought two tickets. They got $20 tickets and $40 tickets to the uh $40 ones are, you know, VIP. We'll kick it up even before the class. And you can have still be at the class. And the regular ones are $20. Um, that link for that is resurrection underscore Brooklyn dot eventbrite.com. Resurrection underscore Brooklyn dot E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot com. Um, get a ticket. We got five days left. We want to get as many people. New York is a state that has tremendous restrictions on a human right, on a ton of human rights. And so we just want to start making sure that we're putting energy, uh, double down on energy in the places that need it the most. Not just going, well, it's, it's, it's a wrap for the people in New York. And if you don't like it, you should move. That doesn't solve and that helps a virus to spread. It doesn't stop the virus. You know, so, uh, again, uh, everybody that can do that, please do that. Get tickets, you know, come out, meet these brothers, listen to them, chop it up, meet myself. Let's let's, you know, share some information with me. I'll share information with you. Um, and that's what we got coming on for, for Brooklyn on March 23rd. And uh, if you want to just donate to our work at Black Guns Matter, uh, donate, you know, 50 bucks, five bucks, 500 bucks, 5,000 bucks, 500,000, whatever. Um, GoFundMe.com forward slash Black Guns Matter. We, we very much so need everyone's hand on deck to, you know, continue to push this, uh, these, 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 this information forward, um, as well as uh, making sure that we're, we're removing the the cost to entry to inform a person about what they should know. And uh, your, your, your support and everybody's support and assistance helps in that way tremendously. You know, so and I, I thank you, brother, for having me on oh, yeah. and allow your platform to, uh, to share this information with everybody. Oh, not a problem, man. I enjoy uh, your Instagram lives. I'll turn them on when I'm out doing deliveries and just kind of listen. Yeah. And, uh, and actually, one day, man, one thing I really enjoyed was it was the first nice uh, spring day. And I know the weather is just as miserable, probably more miserable in Philly than it is in Ohio, but we, we both get pretty nasty winters. And when you were saying, man, I just want to be outside today, I think I'm going to go smoke a cigar, meditate on some thoughts. I was like, yeah, man, that sounds like a great fucking idea. I should do that too. 
<laughs> so I, uh, I, I appreciate you, man. Uh, and I appreciate the work you do. So it, it was my pleasure. Um, and I'm going to have Hotep Jesus on tomorrow. So that should be fun too. So, um, so everyone th- follow Mosh, uh, definitely support him. I think a lot of people I hear in the gun community, I mean, my, my roommate, especially like sometimes he just feels like the war's already lost. And I think, you know, people, I think, you know, people like Maj, especially Maj, he, like I said, if you, I'm going to put a link in the notes with the gun debate you did, there's no, they have no answer. They can't misdirect the actual arguments and facts. And uh, so I think, and also just the work you do, it's, it's good work. The fact that you care about the city, the inner cities, much like I do, means a lot to me as well. So, um, anyways, well, thanks for coming on, my man. And everyone, thanks again for tuning in. Thank you, man. Talk to you in a bit. Yeah.